I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show back on the airwaves this week in spite of astronomical popular demand. My name is Adam Bayford and I'm back where I belong, in the hot seat, and with me in the studio, back where he belongs, in the lowly co-host's chair, it's Tony Kerr, who I think has, yeah, he has finished chewing M&Ms, but only just. Yeah, it's not really conducive to podcasting eating M&M's. A bit disappointing. <laughs> That's what you said that as you went, yeah, I'm ready, mate. Yeah, go, go. <laughs> Sorry, conducive to podcasting this. That's why people don't recommend nah. eating M&M's while the doing point, a podcast. The only thing that could make doing this more palatable would <laughs> be having some kind of sweet relief. We've just had a massive pizza as well. Pizza and chips, followed by M&M's well, and so Ribena. It's probably God the healthiest knows. meal I've ever seen. All the major food groups. I've been at work all day, haven't I? I've not eaten anything. Not a chance. Not a time to do anything but work. I don't know. I've seen you on Facebook quite a lot. Well, you kept posting about your weekend. You kept messaging me. (laughs) (laughs) You seem to enjoy that pizza. You certainly, uh, it certainly sounded like you enjoyed it. It was very good. Well, so you kept saying, "This is really good." (laughs) It's like, "All right, mate." But no, you don't understand. This is really good. Really good pizza. I said, "What kind of pizza is it?" Meat. (laughs) (laughs) Ham. It's really good. Chicken. Uh, So, how you been? Yeah, good, mate. I haven't seen you for a long time. I know, it's been a while. Well, I, I did see you, when was it, Tuesday night? It's Thursday now. Uh, but that was the first time in about five weeks, I think, that I've not seen you. It's one of the longest times ever, isn't God. it? At least since university. It's crazy. It was brilliant. Well, you still phone me like three times a day. <laughs> I getting missed calls from you. A bit annoying. I wrote you a lot of letters, didn't I? Didn't ever get that postcard, though, unfortunately. Uh, well, no, I didn't, I didn't write one or send one. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, it was good. Well, I made the effort, didn't I, on Tuesday? I'd come back from France, uh, late on the boat, straight out to see you. Barely even, my bag had barely time to hit the ground at home before I was out the door again to catch up yeah. and eat Chinese food. Yeah, we, there was more there for the Chinese. <laughs> yeah, we went for a Chinese, didn't we? Uh, you, me, some of the lads. Uh, but it was quite funny because you got there first and then I was bringing everyone else. But there was nowhere to park outside, so I dropped them off because I'm a nice guy. I dropped them off and then went and parked and then walked in. And I just walked into the restaurant and you were looking at the door. You watched me walk in and you just burst out laughing. <laughs> I was like, what are you laughing at? You went, just you. <laughs> it did make you laugh. It did make you laugh. <laughs> Why? You were just kind of strode in with a big grin on your face. It was just too purposefully, though. Like, it was like, you know, when you walk through doors, people don't walk through doors that quickly. Right. Yeah, usually you walk you walk to the kind of precipice of the door. What do you call it? The threshold. Yeah, the threshold. And then you kind of you know you you glance <laughs> around because otherwise you'd be walking into anything. <laughs> no, I knew what I was walking into. I knew I was walking into the Chinese restaurant where I was meeting my friends. I very much knew everything I needed to know before you knew it. Though you could have been straight into some situation you didn't want to be involved in. So it's not like I I 
burst through the door all like out of breath. It's like a, it's like a sitcom entrance. Yeah, well, to be fair, the whole restaurant did stand up and applaud <laughs> as I came in. It was like Kramer on True. Seinfeld. Yeah. We were going to talk about holidays, weren't we? But no one cares about that, so we should probably talk about cricket. <laughs> we should talk about cricket because, yeah, we haven't done one of these for ages. We did two kind of, uh, what would you call them? Half podcasts. You, Half-baked. You were the host, so immediately, you know, that puts them on the back foot. You edited them as well. 230 episodes in and I finally let you edit one. I feel like... Uh, yeah, I feel like I was probably a better host than you, but what I had to work with, you know, it was limited in the sense I only had you on the phone. So, <laughs> you know, I thought it was a bit unfair. <laughs> Whereas when I'm the host, I've got you to work with. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you've got, you've got dynamite, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's good to be back. I mean, we've got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, we haven't talked about the end of the England v India test series. So I think we're going to be doing that tonight. Uh yeah, that's it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we probably don't need to go like blow by blow, do we? It's kind of more, what does this mean? That's kind of... What does it mean? And how does it make us feel? I'm a bit disappointed you haven't commented on my suntan tone, to be honest. Been away for two weeks in Portugal. Get back. You just laugh at me. No. I suppose there is a little bit. Yeah, no a comment on the suntan. Yeah. Huh? It wasn't like, huh? didn't strike me. Huh? I wasn't struck down by it. <laughs> No, no, that's fine. It's noticeable. It is noticeable. I'll give you that. I'm a very vain man, as you know. Extremely. And uh, comments from you about my suntan are what keep me going. That's that's why I went on holiday in the first place. The only reason you go. It's very nice. It's very radiant. Oh, thanks very much, Tanya. No, no, it's all right. You don't rich mahogany. You don't have to say anything. England. This is the part of the show where we talk about England. Now, England's Test match summer is over, Tone. And what a weird summer it was. Until about a month ago, it looked like it was going to go down as one of the worst in England's history, if not the worst, after defeat to Sri Lanka and they found themselves 1-0 down against India. And it couldn't really have looked much more bleak. Uh, but then all of a sudden, things changed. And a few weeks later, they completed a 3-1 series win over India with an absolute demolition job at the Oval. Now, I know that that test match finished a little while ago in the sort of the 24-hour news cycle of of cricket that seems like a long time ago in some respects but we haven't talked about it yet we're only one game into the one day series as well at this point so you know maybe we'll talk about the whole series next week so let's let's talk about the tests just wait so. about 24 hour news cycle <laughs> what have you, have you got a bit of m&m in your no, mouth I've got just a bit pulling of, at your tongue i've got a bit of i don't know what that is really <laughs> not talk about news cycle. what is that some kind of herb from the pizza <laughs> Just okay. popped out. Just a bit so. of tarragon or something. Yeah, it could be. Uh, I've only just re- just discovered yet the other day on Sky. <laughs> just, on Sky he's just reaching into his throat, pulling out, <laughs> pulling out Leak. enormous herbs and a fish bone. <laughs> yeah, I managed to not get the fish when we went to China Red the other night. Listeners might remember last time we went to that Chinese restaurant, you convinced me on a whim to, uh, to share some brill with you. Brillgate, it's become known as, because you convinced me, didn't kind of didn't tell me that it would cost £25, so I was deeply upset about that. But then when we were there the other night, just as you were, like, we'd just had a conversation where you had suggested that we get some fish. You wanted to get some baked cod or something. Some pan-fried black Alaskan cod. And at that moment, I got a text from my girlfriend which said, don't agree to get the fish. <laughs> it sounded really good, though. <laughs> it did it sound good. It sounded really good. I was tempted. Really good. I was tempted, but then I remembered. Next time. Sorry, you were saying about the 24-hour news cycle. Oh, I just discovered yesterday on Sky Anytime, on their on-demand service, 
Uh, they've got Sky News, and I haven't actually watched any of these yet. But what I'm hoping they are is like the it's Sky News, like the big event of the year for the like last twenty years, or however old Sky News is. I'm hoping it will be like you know a segment of the rolling news from that day. It'd be really cool. It's quite interesting. So what are we talking like the royal wedding, uh, Prince George Prince being George, born, yeah. What else? The other royal weddings, yeah. The, the jubilee. Oh, the time Will and Kate went to uh, New Zealand. You remember that when they toured around? But I think it'd just be really interesting to see, you know, how the news unfolded on those on those days. Well, Turner, I tell you what, why don't you go away, watch some of them, and come back to us next week <laughs> I'll let you know. and let us know whether it was interesting or not. Speaking of Sky, have you noticed that they've they've changed the sports channels? They've changed the numbers of the sports channels, uh, and they've introduced a new channel called Sky Sports News HQ HD. Is that the worst name for a channel you've ever heard? I've got a number of issues with this. Aside from the obvious issues that now Sky Sports News HQHD is on Sky Sports is on 401, Sky Sports 1 is on 402, and so and so on. It's just uh, confusing. I'm just, it confusing. The cricket's always on Sky Sports 2, and I just type in 402, and I find myself watching, like, Blackpool Derby or something. It's just, you know, what is this? But also on, on I Twitter... I said to myself... Sky Sports News HQ, you know, they used to do hashtag SSN, Sky Sports News... They've just met, now they just have to do hashtag SSNHQ. HD. Uh, so now they do like Sky do Twitter votes. You know, people do these Twitter vote things. Uh, it's like, oh, vote this way, vote hashtag SSNHQ Rooney. Or, you know, it's just like, well, just shorten it. I haven't got time. So I haven't got time to type <laughs> this. That's what you're saying to yourself. I haven't got time for this. <laughs> Actually, I overheard you saying that the other night at, at China Red, just when you were looking at your phone. We were all having a chat, and you were just going, I haven't got time for this! <laughs> There's another Sky Sports News HQHD vote. It's because annoyed. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Test match cricket. Uh, well, yeah, the, 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 the... I'll start again. The test match at the Oval, uh, yeah, as I say, was an absolutely crushing win for England. They, they won the toss, stuck India in, and it was a very similar story to the previous two games. They had India... 44 for 6, they had them 90 for 9. Bit of a last wicket stand, MS Dhoni scored 82. Uh, but even then, they were all out for 148, three wickets apiece for Jordan and Wokes. England then went out, piled on the runs, 486, an unbeaten 149 from Joe Root. Cook got 79, balance 64. Stuart Broad blasted a quick fire 37 on the third morning. And then, just again, they blew India away, this time... For less than 100, the first time India have been bowled out for less than 100 since 2008. They were all out for 94, with Chris Jordan taking four for 18. And yeah, it was a pretty woeful story for India, but you know, quite a quite a remarkable day for England. That final day, yeah, when they they smashed the runs. I think they in the space of I think it was I, I don't actually have the stat here. I should have looked that up, but it was something like 40 overs. They scored about 120 runs and took 10 wickets. I mean, that's, it just doesn't get any better than that, really, does it? So, yeah, a huge win by an innings and 244 runs. What a turnaround, Tone. The last time we were in this studio, we were sat here wringing our hands, talking about England being at rock bottom. You know, would Alistair Cook survive until the morning, uh, let alone in the long term? But, you know, fast forward just a few weeks and they produce a victory at the Oval, at least as comprehensive as anything from that. 2011 India tour and wrap up as I say a 3-1 win I mean can you think of a starker turnaround than this ever no 
Um, you know, I've not got a very good memory anyway. <laughs> so uh, in the last couple of test series, that you've yeah, like this summer, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, well, no, like to return to my original answer. Uh, well, I mean, I can tell you that no team has come from behind to win the last three tests of a five-match series since the 30s. So just statistically, there hasn't really been a starker turnaround. The only thing I can compare it to, and this is quite recent, is the turnaround between the two Ashes series last year. Hmm. It, it's oh, yeah. that dramatic, isn't it? Yeah. All the talk about Cook, what happened at Lords, and how England couldn't produce anything on a pitch that was built for them. And then to go and win the next three matches so convincingly as to almost be a joke. I mean, it, it, India just absolutely destroyed to another level. So, yeah, it was, uh, pff, no, I guess. <laughs> uh, you covered it with the word no. I think so. Right I off the bat, didn't no, you? Really? Well, I mean, how did it happen then, Tain? How did this turnaround happen? Did something just click for, Eng- for England? Or did India simply implode? Or was it a bit of both? Well, I think it was a couple of things, isn't it, really? You know, I think Moe and Ali came into it, did much better than probably we thought with the ball. That became, or he became, a really important part of it. As well, and, you know, it, it's, pundits probably were guilty of it as well, if you can call us that. Uh, you know, the amount of flip-flopping that goes on... That's what it says on my business card. About pundit. If you can call me that, <laughs> uh, you know the flip flopping that goes on about Broad and Anderson. You know, one one series, Anderson's the the greatest bowler of all time, the most like you know the most masterful kind of technique bowler you know the world's ever seen. And then the next series, he's useless. He can't bowl. And I think we were saying that at the start of the summer. And now you know Anderson comes and takes twenty five wickets, and you know the, the, the you know, Indians the Indian top order just never got going, did it after after the first couple of tests. Well, it is true that in our kind of Twitter society. It's a, it's a term I've coined, Tony, and I'm trying to... It's very uh, catchy. ...trying to promote it. Our Twitter... Our Twitter society. Twisciety. Yeah, social media. Twisciety? No. Uh, it's Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, in, in this day and age, it is true that people, including us, do swing too wildly from one extreme to the other too often. But that being said, there's no doubt that, you know, suddenly England did transform from being really not very good at cricket to all of a sudden playing as well as they have for a few years and Anderson wasn't bowling well it like it's okay to not bowl well for a while but he didn't bowl well for the best part of a year basically from Trent Bridge at the start of the last Ashes series at home when he was you know being talked about as being the best bowler in the world and you know maybe the best bowler England had ever produced and this sort of stuff he then wasn't that effective for about a year. And then all of a sudden, in the last three tests of this series, he's turned it back on again. And it, it's difficult to explain why. You know, Maybe it was that he was kind of stung into action by all this Jadeja stuff. I don't know. But something made a difference. And, you know, he was just unplayable, really, wasn't he? He made Virat Kohli, who is one of the best batsmen in the world, look like a complete idiot. I mean, and to be fair to Kohli, it's very difficult when... When the ball is swinging, it's very hard. Not many batsmen enjoy facing the swinging ball. And the thing about Anderson is that he swings both ways, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, part of, you know, you have to say that part of what set this whole thing up was you know, England actually going out and making a score in Southampton, wasn't it? You know, putting runs on the board. You know, what we said at the time, you know, Cook got close to the century there. Would have been nice. But in the end, as it, you know, Cook's doesn't really matter that Cook didn't score a century. You know, he has contributed. 
you know, that, that, that was a big, you know, the kind of what bookended that Southampton test or the Rose Bowl test was, yeah, runs at the top of the, uh, the top of the match for the likes of Bell, Balance, uh, and then Butler coming and doing a prior at the end. And then, uh, and then Moan Alley kind of finishing the job on the, on the final day. So Ali doing a swan, Butler doing a prior. Yeah. You know, it was old school. Balance was, doing a trot. It was reminiscent, wasn't it? Of, Anderson doing an Anderson. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, as you say, like uh, it was that that first innings in Southampton where Cook made the decision to bat, and the series did turn there. And I, I'm not a big fan of picking out a single incident and thinking that if it had, you know, if it had gone the other way, that the, the whole series would be different. Like people often talk about that Harmison wide in the 2006 Ashes as you know the moment where it all changed, and that just isn't true. That's symptomatic of a bigger trend but it would be interesting to to know whether Jadeja dropping Cook on whatever he was on 10 or 15 whether if he had caught that the series would have been different it's one of the great kind of uh, fork in the road moments in history isn't it it's like you know Franz Ferdinand being shot in 1914 it's that it's up there talk about the band then with that it's, it's like, like Franz Ferdinand don't release do you want to and <laughs> Franz Ferdinand still the biggest don't release take me out yeah yeah and that yeah no the Archduke tone right Probably more historically significant. Yeah, it, arguably. It turned out. Clearly, that was a, a, a huge moment, both for Cook and for the team and for the series. And then from there, in the fourth and fifth test, you know, India started neither of those very well, to, to say it well, lightly. Was it eight for four uh, in the fourth test, and then the fifth test, 28 for four, 44 for six. I mean, it was just, yeah, it was, it was desperate, really, wasn't was it? Was it six ducks in the first innings at, at Old Trafford? And yeah, as you say, it, suddenly England started scoring runs in a way that they haven't for a long time. And so while Anderson was named man of the series, and I can understand why, and you know, you say he, he deserves it, to a large extent, you know, I feel that Gary Balance and Joe Root were the real heroes for England because, you know, they just turned the side around through weight of runs, I think. I mean, Balance is making me forget about Jonathan Trott pretty rapidly. Yeah, OK, that's an exaggeration in the sense that you know, Trot was so consistent for such a long period of time, you know, that that still balance has got a lot to do. But he does maybe have an extra gear that perhaps Trot doesn't have or didn't have, um, which makes him potentially an even better number three. And as for Joe Root, I mean he averaged over a hundred in this series and just a shade under a hundred across the seven tests this summer. I said this on the last pod we did, but you know, he is proving the doubters of which I was uh, a very significant one. Um, culturally significant that is he's proving all those doubters wrong and you know not only scoring runs but actually doing it very fluently rapidly and just batting generally better than I've seen him bat before you know I gave the England selectors quite a lot of grief earlier in the summer tone and it's not a case of all is forgiven now for me it's not as though all the problems have been fixed but I think it would be fair to say that they deserve at least a modicum of praise because they did stick with Root and they stuck with balance and they batted balance at three as well, which was, you know, not an obvious decision and not something I would have done. But you'd have to say that it's paid dividends this summer. Yeah, I think they do deserve, <clears throat> I think they do deserve uh, quite a lot of credit. I mean, I guess you could argue that they didn't really have a lot of choice today uh, in terms of making a complete kind of clean sweep of wholesale changes. There's a mixing of, of, mixing of cliches there. Uh, but, you know, you'd probably said given the way that Root was introduced to the team and the, the kind of the bluster with which he was kind of talked about at the start, you know, as being potentially the best batsman ever, uh, it was worth persevering with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what summary he's had now. Averages more than 100 in the series. 
yeah, I already said that. But yeah, just (laughs) (laughs) you're just uh, re-emphasizing it. I think it needs emphasizing. Yeah, and and again, I said this last time, but there's going to be much sterner tests for him, you know, next year. The question marks about his technique that surfaced during the Ashes haven't all been answered. But he can't do any more than he's done this summer. He he has been fantastic. I mean, I've still got one or two reservations about the England team. I'm a little bit hesitant to suddenly declare all the problems to be solved. You mentioned Mo and Ali, and he has been brilliant. 19 wickets in the series. You know, unbelievably effective. But I'm still not 100% convinced that he's the genuine article. You know, I do worry that if England go into the Ashes next year or the series in the UAE or against South Africa with him as their spinner you know I I, I foresee some long days in the field there because he just he just hasn't got the the weapons that the Graham Swan had but you know then maybe you'd say well it's unfair to compare him against Swan and and that's that's the thing isn't it because I I can't imagine that you know really anyone that England could have picked as as a frontline spinner whether they'd pick Treadwell or Gareth Batty or Ollie Rayner or someone like that Clearly, they wouldn't have done any better than Moen Ali. So I'm only unfavourably comparing Moen Ali with Graham Swan. And, and that isn't fair. But, you know, I've, I've criticised Australia or the Australian selectors, some Australian fans, for constantly comparing their spinners against Shane Warne because no one's ever going to match up. And it's a similar thing here, as much as I've still got reservations again. I think I'm still finding herbs. <laughs> Tony's still pulling. That was, that was like a whole branch he pulled out of his mouth there. Yeah, as much as I've still got reservations about Ali because he's not Graham Swan, you know, no one is, no one's going to be. So he's he's certainly worth persevering with. He didn't set the world alight, did he, with the bat? And when I say set the world alight, you know, at all, he barely batted. Uh, so he kept getting bounced out, didn't he? Which yeah. is a bit of a concern. And to some extent, if he's not scoring runs or if we don't feel that he's good enough to bat in England's top six, and the, the rationale for him being the frontline spinner disappears, so he does need to score some runs unless he does just transform his ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Self into, into the frontline front spinner, <laughs> you know, which he look, did do in this series. When but, you say he yeah. takes 19 wickets in a series against India as a spinner, you know, he, he, he has to play the next yeah, series. Yeah, you, you can't but ask much not, more than that. Dropping, but like, he, ob- he obviously, you know, he earns his place now for a, for a couple of no, games. No, for sure. I'm not, I'm not saying that he should be dropped. I mean, you know, certainly some of the wickets that he got were a little bit fortunate, you know, people picking outfielders on the boundary. But that happens in Test cricket. Obviously, Graham Swan's had plenty of wickets like that. And it's easier, you know, it's easier bowling, you know, when the opening bowlers have nipped out the first four for, you know, ten runs. Yeah, that, that's so, that's another good point. Yeah, good match situations to bowl in. But 
He got wickets. He did get wickets. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely not saying that his place is under pressure because he's been brilliant and he's massively surpassed all expectations, including mine. Um, but I'm just hesitant to get too carried away in the way that some England fans perhaps are getting carried away. The one that there's really, it's amazing that there really is only one person in the team whose place is under pressure, and that's Sam Robson. A very disappointing series for him. Would you keep him for England's next test assignment? Uh, which is the well, West it's, Indies. it's the West Indies in April next We're year. We're in ODI mode now, aren't we, for the next six months? I can tell you that he scored 165 runs across the series at an average of 23.5, just one half century in seven innings. Yeah, I mean, it's not great figures, is it? Uh, you'd have to say. I think on the basis that England found something here, you know, found, well, without being too reactionary, you know, they, they've found a winning lineup. They've got a team that's winning matches at the moment. I'd, I'd say there's no need to change anything, really, at this stage. But I guess the concern would be that neither Cook nor Robson made a big score, really. You know, Cook certainly improved. So whether or not that partnership is working, you know, what, who knows? But, well, I do. Well, <laughs> well, it hasn't so far. But okay. You could say in the traditional sense of the word there. work, it hasn't, has it so far? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think you've got to persevere. I think you give them a, give them a little bit more. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I mean that's a big tell. You know, going to the West Indies, it, it, you know, it's it's obviously much easier. Or the, the advantage when you're at home is is being proved to be colossal at the moment, isn't it? What, what's the this thing like? No one's won in a series away from home in like ten years. Or something. <laughs> well, that's that's wrong on a number of levels. Uh, no, that, there, was a, there was an article in the Telegraph not so long ago, you know, after India had been thrashed in this this fifth test that said, well, test cricket, you know, at, at this point, it's just all about home advantage. Test cricket's not much of a contest anymore. The home side always wins. And cited the fact that only two tests were won away from home in 2013 and both involved Zimbabwe, which is an astonishing statistic. But that's a bit of an aberration because, you know, in 2012... Lots of teams won away from home. South Africa won in England, England won in India, to name two examples off the top of my head. And already this year, Australia have won in South Africa, Sri Lanka have won in England, South Africa have won in Sri Lanka. I'm not sure that there's too much yeah. of a trend here. It's just England, it's just a case of India getting absolutely battered in Wherever England, which go. has happened before. So I, I'm not sure I buy that entirely. Uh, but just going back to Robson, now there is a big part of me that wants to stick with him because he's already the fourth opener that England have tried since Andrew Strauss retired and I'd like there to be some stability at the top of the order now and you do feel that because England all of a sudden are winning they can afford to to, you know show faith in people that are struggling but it does seem like he has a bit of a glaring technical problem outside the off stump he kept getting out in the same fashion either nicking off or you know getting bowled through the gate it's just that area off stump and just outside that he doesn't really seem to know what he's doing and that is concerning to me. It's far more concerning than if he was finding lots of different ways to get out or he was getting out playing attacking shots. And I'll come back to this thing that I've talked about a lot of you know, people going, oh, what a stupid shot when someone you know, plays a pull shot or something and picks out a fielder. To me, that's much less of a problem than if you just keep consistently getting out in the same way that's down to a, a technical failing because that technical failing you know, is it's going to be ruthlessly exploited in test cricket and if he's struggling against the Indian and Sri Lankan bowling attacks then I really don't much fancy his chances against the Australian or South African bowling attacks I've stunned you into silence well, I swear I thought you were going to say something by the power of my argument <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think you know I would probably give Nick Compton another go they definitely won't do that well they, they, you know, they've been proved right by not taking your advice this summer haven't they well, that's true. And, you know, I, I'd really like Robson to come good, as I say. And I think they want to stick with him. But maybe a lot depends on what happens between now and the next test match. Because, 
a lot of people a lot of people have made this point but if alex hales has a really good world cup yeah that'll be a big temptation to pick him but the thing that people aren't mentioning there is that if hales has a terrible world cup there won't be a temptation <laughs> to pick him so you know yeah. it a lot depends on what happens over the next six that's a long way months. to go in terms of test cricket isn't it it's going to be it's going to be almost like another fresh start, really. In- it is a really long break, isn't it? As I say, it's it's mid-April is the next Test match in Antigua. I'm not sure there's ever been a longer break, certainly in, in my experience of away. watching cricket. You've got seven ODIs in Sri Lanka to look forward to between now and then. Well, and any and number of ODIs, ODIs in Australia and after that. Than the World Cup. But it, I mean, it, next year looks really good, doesn't it? So it's a cricket for England. Well, there's a lot of it. There's a lot yeah, of it. World Cup. Tour to West Indies, Ashes, and then down South Africa way. Well, and they're going to the UAE before and the that UAE. as well. Yeah. yeah, and New Zealand are coming. No, it's a massive year. I think they're playing 17 test matches next year. And then you go into the World 2020. Boom. Boom, shakalaka, laka, laka, um, as they we say. We need to get to some of this. <laughs> we need to. That's like 2015 looks like the best year ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, what are we doing? We could go to Dubai. That, we literally could. We literally could, yeah, if we like bought plane tickets and stuff. We literally could. I'd rather. Get, I think South Africa sounds quite fun. I've got so much on. I, do, I can't. I can't afford to plan. Can't afford to plan a holiday every time we go on the podcast. <laughs> um, should we talk about India? Yeah, you know, because as I say, they did. They did very much implode, uh, and it's bizarre because it, it all started so promisingly. One nil up in the series, their first win in any test match away from home for more than three years. Hugely embarrassing uh, whitewashes in that time. And then suddenly, you know, it's ended in almost as big an embarrassment as any of those other series. Just getting absolutely battered. What happened to him? I mean, it's part of it that the, the fact that it was a five test series, you know, I guess they're not really used to playing five test matches off the reel. I don't think any of these players had ever done that before. And so someone like Bhuvneshwar Kumar, who started fantastically, was just knackered by the end of it and was bowling with no pace and you know not much penetration either. Yeah, I mean, it, it really ran away from them. Well, you just got to say, I mean, the, 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 the big names didn't perform uh, and the bit part players looked bit part. <laughs> the bit part players didn't perform. <laughs> yeah, looked bit part. I mean, the whole thing looked a bit bit part, really, from, from India. I mean, we didn't really see much, you know, from, from Lords onward, you know, we didn't really see much of them batting. So England didn't really need to do a huge amount, did they, to, to win matches? Yeah, it's just very disappointing. I was I mean, you know, England fans really haven't seen a great deal from from India in now two tours to to England. Anything? No, one well, apart from that Lord's Test. Yeah, that's the the one game in which they've been competitive or competitive enough. I mean, what Cody re- didn't Cody recorded some of the worst returns for a batsman in a five test series I, ever. I think it's the worst series total for a number four batsman. One hundred and thirty four runs in ten innings. I mean, I, I mean that, that. To be fair, that's the sort of figures I dream of. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I'd, have, yeah, that, that I'd have been all right with pretty that. Pretty good to me. I mean, ten innings. It would take me about three years <laughs> yeah. to, to, to play ten innings. But yeah, I mean, it was it was astonishing how bad Curly was, or how much of a struggle he found. I think a lot of the problem yeah, is Binny got more runs, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, which is, you don't want to be scoring less runs in than Stuart Binny. Yeah, in six innings, and he still only averaged twenty three. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly setting the world alight. I think a, a large part of the problem uh, is was the the compressed schedule, the compressed nature of the schedule. Because you know they played what five tests in forty two days, so the last three tests were in the space of what was it, fifteen days? Not quite. But, you know, it was like twenty one days for the last three tests or something. So once the wheels came off for India, it was quite hard to put it right. I mean, 
you could say, well, the wheels came off for England and they suddenly managed to turn it around. But just someone like Coley, he just got in that rut. They had no practice matches between any of the tests. Anderson had his number. There was just nothing he could do to turn it around. Like It just kind of got, as you say, it got away from them. Like it, it Once they surrendered the momentum, it was just impossible to get it back. Well, I mean, presumably we're going to see more of this, though, because you know England's got more test grounds. There are test matches to go around. So you know, the only feasible way is to to play more of these five test series and i really like five test series i mean you know it's a I, great idea in principle yes but like you say it's too compressed and there's too much they wanted to squeeze in too much either side of that so yeah i mean i think i i i love five test series I, i'd kind of like every test series to be five tests because you know the narrative is so much better isn't it i mean imagine if this series had ended after three tests it would have been one all we'd have missed out on you know such an extraordinary turnaround such an extraordinary story within the narrative there's lots of interesting subplots you know little individual stories like the the transformation in jimmy anderson or in the other direction of Neshwal kumar and the little kind of individual battles between anderson and coley between you know bowlers and batsmen other bowlers and batsmen i'm sorry i was a bit distracted by you almost vomiting up your pizza there (laughs) Uh, so i love five test series i'd sort of like there to be just less test series but all of them to be five tests. I mean, that won't happen, but that that's the dream for me. But yeah, it, it can't be in as short a time span as this. There should probably be one test series in England per summer and it'd be five tests. Um, I mean, cricket really is like, it's one of those puzzles, you know, where uh, you've got okay. loads of squares and one square's missing. Yeah. So you can kind of move one to get to the completed picture. Uh, and you really feel like, the picture, you know, we're only about a third of the way there. It's going, there's going to be a lot of moves to, before we can actually see what the hell's going on. That's quite a good. That's quite a good. I don't really analogy. know what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Not really. So you know those puzzles, <laughs> yeah. You know those puzzles. I can see why you were frustrated as the host. You know those you didn't puzzles. Didn't have much to work with. Yeah, sorry. So the puzzles. I know the puzzles, Tone. So it's got a picture. They're all. It's divided into loads of different squares. It's all messed up, and there's only one kind of hole. And you see, so you have to move everything round yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You have to move everything, and everything has to move before you can actually see the picture and get it perfect. That's what like the organisation of Test cricket is like, isn't it? Because you can't just pick everything up and put it down in the right way. You've got to, you know, not that they're even trying probably to see the perfect picture, but you know, theoretically to sort out what the bloody hell's going on with cricket scheduling. Uh, you know, everything's got to move just slightly, and something else has got to move, and then something's got to move, and you know, but we're probably nowhere near seeing the, f- the final picture yet that's a good segue into me telling you about the world cricket show puzzles that are now available to buy on our website cricketshow.net pictures of tony's face uh, the pizza that he just ate <laughs> you'll never make that <laughs> <laughs> make them all today i want to wrap up in a sec but i, I want to give you a composite 11 thank god festival this is a post series composite 11 opening partnership of Alistair Cook and Murali Vijay. I've gone for Gary Balance at three, uh, then Ajinka Rahani and Joe Root at four and five, Moen Ali, uh, Joss Butler I've gone for as the wicketkeeper, uh, and then four seam bowlers, Stuart Broad, Jimmy Anderson, Bhuvneshwar Kumar, and I just went for Chris Jordan over Chris Wokes, um, mainly because of the slip catching, actually. Jordan's slip catching uh, off the spinner was pretty remarkable. And actually, something that we didn't talk about really is that you know one of the big ways in which England transformed their game was, was in the fielding. They were just pulling off some stunning catches, catches all the yeah, time. Absolutely. And I don't know whether fielding is symptomatic of a team playing well, 
or whether it you know is is uh, is playing a role in making the team play well and, and giving them confidence. But certainly, they yeah they were back to fielding as they were sort of three four years ago when they were good. Oh, by the way, composite eleven thumbs up thumbs down. Seems pretty reasonable to me. Good yeah. news, great news. Uh, at the end of all that, then, Tone, did you enjoy this series? A lot of people, uh, you know, complaining that by the end, England's dominance was such that it was quite boring to watch. Uh, but did you enjoy it? Uh, no, there were some fantastic passages, weren't there? There was some thrilling cricket. Uh, yeah, so on balance, I enjoyed it. On Gary, I think. I mean, uh, I mean it, 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 you know, it wasn't com- competitive enough, was it? By the end, so it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always entertaining seeing. It's always entertaining. It's always entertaining seeing your team uh, team do well. But yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a vintage series, was it, by any stretch? Well, no. Although you know, as I say, the, the the juxtaposition between the beginning and the end of the series makes it a pretty memorable one. Uh, and as an England fan, I'm not going to complain about you know England's dominance being boring after the year that they've had. I should say that the pitches were really good. If you remember after the Trent Bridge Test, the first test of the summer is a terrible pitch and we were worried that perhaps it might not be possible to produce good pitches in England anymore and you know after that the next four pitches were all fantastic so perhaps we don't need to worry about that and it would be good to see more pitches like that around the world not necessarily green pitches in the way that they are in England but just pitches with something in it for the bowlers and you know we've seen it more and more in uh, some we've places seen it. We've seen it more and more in, in some places, but in other places, not so much. So, you know, when England goes to the Caribbean, the Caribbean has been guilty of this in recent times. It would be good if there were some lively pitches. Uh, is that it? Have we talked about it all? I think we might have done it. Job done. Well done, Tone. Thank you. Much like the picture Ian Botham tweeted last Monday morning, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been a startling and quite frankly upsetting event that I'm not sure anyone will ever be able to forget for all the wrong reasons. It's well past time, therefore, that we brought it to an end. See, I didn't write any of those kind of witty outros. No, I noticed. Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just couldn't come up with it. Tried. Well, to be fair, nothing, you know, nothing as shocking as uh, that Ian Botham tweet happened <laughs> on your week. Extraordinary, so, yeah. That's fair enough. It's quite funny, wasn't it? <laughs> Have you had a good time tonight, Tane? Yeah, it's been alright, hasn't it? It's been good seeing you. Good to be back. Good catching up, yeah. Have you heard of something called the Ice Bucket Challenge? <laughs> no. You haven't heard of it? No. I'm surprised. It's all over the world. I mean, literally, it's every single item on the Facebook newsfeed, isn't it? Yeah. I, it's I, every single item. I couldn't believe it yesterday when I, I, I checked, couldn't, I checked couldn't Facebook before I went to bed. And it was, like, no exaggeration, it, that's all it was. Every single post was the Ice Bucket Challenge. I mean, it, it both it kind of exemplifies everything that's both right and glaringly wrong with people, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, it's a nice idea. But it was, yeah, obviously, you can't, you can't say that raising money for a, a worthy cause is ever a bad thing. But that but being said... It's bloody annoying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's bloody annoying. Half the people aren't donating. Half the other half don't know what the hell they're donating to. Have you been nominated yet? No. I, I have. I don't wish to be. My niece nominated me the day before yesterday. I haven't done it yet. I don't like this 24 hours thing. That's BS, isn't it? No. I'm, pr- I'm probably going to wait till, like, March wait next year. March, yeah. <laughs> wait till March. And then post it. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe, do you want to help pour the ice on me? If we can come up with something good enough. Like what? I don't know. Uh, here's the idea that I had, Tone, right? Okay, so go on, I was going to say, 
Right, here we go then. This challenge that everyone's been doing. Tony Kerr's going to pour a bucket of rice water on my head. <laughs> yeah, the rice bucket challenge. <laughs> it's good. Because well, we, we... rice water would be quite warm as well if you've had water that's, been, that's had rice cooked in it. <laughs> Scalding, actually. <laughs> yeah, really hot. Why is this really so g- popular? Bring me the ice. So, uh, I don't know. Is there something cricket related we could do? Oh, cricket God. and podcasting. <laughs> What about if we, uh, what about if we go down, go down the, the nets with the bowling machine, set up an ice bucket on something precarious, and then fire down balls at like ninety-five miles an hour <laughs> at the bucket to knock it off. Then it knocks, then it goes all over you, and you get so, hit, and you get hit by a couple. I of was going to say, yeah. so I'm just standing, yeah, in the way of the balls as well. Yeah, unpadded, okay. just yeah. while I find the range. <laughs> that sounds that. great. Yeah, yeah cool. all right, let's do that this week. Uh, well, yeah, so we'll post. We'll post that at some point this week, no doubt, and you'll be able to find that on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash cricket show. Gates, some other people. George W. Bush. George W. The World Cricket Show. I noticed that George, when George W. did it, he nominated Clinton. Yeah. Which I thought was quite funny, but Clinton hasn't done it yet, has he? So I thought I might nominate Clinton as well. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Bill. Sort the hell out. What are you doing? You've got 24 hours, Bill. <laughs> yeah. 24 goddamn hours. Uh, well, as I was saying, Tone, facebook.com slash cricket show is our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter as well at cricket show is the show account. You can follow me at Adam Bayfield one, two, and you can follow Tony at Tony Cover. I never tweet about cricket. I seem to only tweet about Guernsey sport. Well, that's all right. It's your personal account. Yeah. True. Tweeting about Guernsey sport and betting. A little bit of betting in there. Occasional, you know, nice song. Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds great. So, at Tony Cover, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Yes, it's Adam Bayfield. Uh, everyone enjoyed all the pictures of my holiday, <laughs> no doubt. And uh, uh, send us an email, worldcreatureshow at gmail.com. And if you've got a spare couple of minutes this week, we really appreciate all the reviews that we get on iTunes. Uh, and thank you to everybody who has done that. You're looking at my Instagram again. Yeah. 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 When did Ash's tickets go on sale? <laughs> we need to go, Tane. Come on. We literally, <laughs> literally need to go. What are we doing? We have, I don't think we've actually been to a cricket. What's funny? We haven't been to a cricket match together since we started doing this podcast. Oh, definitely not. Since long before then. I think the last cricket match we went to together was probably in about 2004. We went to loads together. Oh, oh, we five, I think. Yeah, we went all the time. The last one we went to together i think was a one day game between england and australia like just before the 2005 ashes so that's, that's frightening before isn't i it? went to uni how much test cricket has happened since then and we've not been, I've been I, but to be fair i've been I've, just not with you <laughs> I was gonna say, well i've been just not with you but only to two i went to a test match in 2006 and i went to a odi at durham in 2009 and that's the last time i went to cricket we're such armchair <laughs> cricket supporters aren't we we need to address this it's it's actually pretty disgraceful why didn't we go to the test match of the rose bowl it's actually about a 20 minute flight from guernsey no one knows bizarre right bizarre. we'll address it it's a promise it's a we're going to the uae promise. next year and that's a promise <laughs> all right we'll see everyone next week stay in school Cheerio. bye for now Can smell your fear. Ba-da-da-ba-ba, ba-da-da-ba-ba. ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba
it looked like it was going to go down as one of the worst in England's history, if not the worst. Sorry, let me just move that off. Got a little WhatsApp message there, did you, on Facebook? Uh, betting. <laughs> right. God, mate, goals are flying in all over Europe in the Europa League. Um, accumulator on it. Okay. So after eat M and M's and do a pod. <laughs> really That's why it. it's not recommended. No. Really. Might be annoying that. I've got quite a lot of M and M's to eat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 